You're listening to the MoneyWeb SAFM Market Update Podcast. It's Wednesday, it's Executive Lounge time, and joining me in studio for our conversation today is the Chief Executive Officer of AO Intermediaries South Africa, Julius Sikuza. Good evening, Julius. Thanks for taking the time uh, to come to studio. Such an interesting bio. How does an engineer end up as the head of an insurance company? <laughs> uh, Jimmy, thanks for the welcome, uh, and uh, hello to you and your listeners. Yeah, interesting background. Um, I suppose I grew up in a mining town. And uh, all my dad ever wanted is for his son to become an engineer. And luckily, he had good maths and science marks, do the engineering thing. And uh, clearly, like, because uh, you do those in-service things, you mm-hmm. go to the mine and you work. I knew the first time I went down a shaft, this is not for me. <laughs> so as soon as I got my degree and there were alternatives, mm-hmm. uh, I quickly jumped onto it. And somebody told me, hey, as an engineer, the banks are looking for you. Management consulting firms are looking for you. I veered off. Uh, To this day, my dad thinks I'm a disappointment. (laughs) (laughs) Speaking of management consultants, you did quite a bit of consulting. You extensively spent a lot of time in the consulting space. Was that specific to mines or was that across sectors and across industries? Fortunately, that was across sectors and industries, but largely focusing on infrastructure finance, Mm -hmm. electricity, consulting, or did some a bit of work in uh, trying to reshape ESCOM uh, and then ended up in uh, business strategy, particularly focus in financial services and insurance as a special interest. Uh, so really using that uh, management consulting background in understanding broad problems, mm-hmm. uh, which is a key skill if you're trying to solve financial inclusion. So that served me well up to the stage in my career. So the 300 billion rand ESCOM's trying to get for the transmission unit, we must come to you. You, you know where the money sits. Hey, and all I'm saying is if they listened to me five years ago, maybe it would not be in this problem. Yeah. Oh, well, that's, that's, that's the story of ESCOM, isn't it? Every yeah. single engineer or most engineers that we've spoken to have had something uh, similar to say, to say we've flagged these problems yeah, before, yeah, we've yeah. tried to alert everybody of the problems. Yeah. Hopefully they get them fixed. But that the conversation is not about ESCOM. It is about you and your journey throughout your professional career and, and, and what it is that you get up to. So what do you then do at an insurance company now? Do you not get bored as an engineer? You know, you would think uh, insurance is boring because I think the South African market is such that everything pretty much looks the same. And maybe once every five to ten years, somebody does something special. But uh, the complexities, um, as well as the just the intricacy of trying to deliver financial solutions that matter, it really is uh, quite a challenge. And I found that interesting. Uh, maybe from an engineering background, being able to look at a problem and try to solve it the best way you can for your customer or your client. So just bringing that into into the financial services space has served me well. Uh, and obviously the people that you work with also go a long way, Jimmy. There's been early mornings and late nights. You need some interesting person across the table. Mm. So And also the work, of course, but really the combination of the type of work and the people keep you going. Yeah, you say the people that you work with. And I mean, at AO, you guys have, it's not just you within South Africa. There's a continental team, Uganda, Ghana, Zambia as well. Mm. Are you finding that continental businesses or businesses that have sort of more than one border that they cross into present different challenges from from a working perspective or at least from from a balanced perspective with you i mean as the ceo of south yeah, africa yeah, yeah. you have a lot of staff that fall under you that are your responsibility Correct. that you need to report on yes. do you find that that creates a bit of a difficult balance either in day-to-day or in yeah. balancing that and, and home i think initially just working across geographies um internationally the first thing you deal with is culture Mm. Uh, but once you break down that barrier and you actually connect with the people you find that it is pretty much the same so the upside of that is having that international experience 
and also cross-border experience brings a lot of knowledge and learnings that you can apply in your own market. Mm -hmm. So rather as opposed to that being a downside, it's actually become a good thing. And I think the quality of people that we work with in IO across the geographies are such that it's easy to break the personal barrier, never mind the accents, the types of food mm. and dress or, or whatever. Um, but once you get down to know the person and get down to business, there's a lot of value mm. in being able to cross-pollinate learnings. And of course, it's nice to travel, right? So yes. it comes in handy when you're <laughs> flying around, I suppose, depends on how, how the family back at home sees it. Where's your favorite place you've traveled to? Oh, my favorite place to travel to was years back. I went to Lima, mm-hmm. uh, I think uh, Peru. Peru. So that was very interesting. Uh, just being able to be in a place with such ancient civilization and see where they are today, it's a bit of a, of a hit. But once you leave the city and you actually go into the mountains and see how the people still live as it was 200, 300 years ago. Uh, so that was quite interesting. And just the experience of, because I was quite young, there to do a serious job during the day and during the week. And then on weekends, try to get out and yeah, see. sociable human yeah, being. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> just to declutter and de-stress. What is that? What, what, what does decluttering and de-stressing look like now for Julius versus what it looked like when you started your career? Yeah, I'm a family man now. You've I've got to four slow kids. Down. Yeah, I've got four <laughs> kids. And a wife, uh, just one wife. Um, so, yeah, it's it's different. It's actually something I'm figuring out as well. Um, I'm going into my uh, early 40s now. So just being able to find that balance is something I've had to figure out over the last couple of years, especially coming out of COVID. Things were really jumbled. Uh, you were in one pattern for almost two to three years. Mm. And then now all of a sudden you need to find a new pattern. And my kids are growing. My eldest is turning 12. My youngest is turning five. So it's a, it's a pretty big house. It's a broad range. Yeah. yeah. But I've always found comfort and solace in, in sport and mm. uh, doing physical activity. I used to play quite a lot of rugby growing up. So I still spend a lot of time watching sport but really took up tennis, hit the gym, hang out with mates. But I find physical activity does it best for me, just uh, being physically active. Did you go to the Rugby World Cup final? No, bro, I missed out (laughs) on the tickets. Jimmy, yeah, I missed out on those tickets. They were scarce and highly contested. Mm. Uh, I just drew the short stick. Well, it's okay, the trophy's back home, right? Yes, that's it. That's all that matters. That's all that matters. (laughs) Julius, where do you see, I mean, as someone that's in the insurance space and... As you said, you've, you've got that broad mm. expertise and all of that. Mm. Where do you see things playing out from, not necessarily from an industry point of view, but for a young person that wants to follow in your footsteps, that's yeah. thinking, I don't want to be limited to yeah. what I do in engineering, right? Mm. Where do you see that sweet spot of how to broaden yeah, that yeah. opportunity? Because like you said, you were given that opportunity yeah. set um, and obviously you've learned from it. Mm. But alongside that, it comes with you know, when you are in that space, you must then maintain the balance and all the things we've spoken about, about a good life. Where's the sweet spot? Yeah, I think, Jimmy, the most key thing, whether you're studying engineering or the arts or financial sector, it's not to pigeonhole yourself in just being an accountant. Mm -hmm. I think the world is changing so fast and there's many facets to it. If you're an accountant, attend a philosophy class, go hang out with some mates that do debate, go with guys that travel, just broaden your range of uh, experience and of the world. Because when you walk into offices today, it's very rare that as an accountant, yes, you will end up in accounting. Maybe that's not a great example, but a great accountant knows a little bit about everything. Mm. 
mm-hmm. I would imagine. And I think that's the most key skill that we all need, not to just stay in our little lanes, but also expose yourself because all of those learnings to my earlier points actually add to the quality of professional that you are as well as the quality of individual. And that's what's most key. So I would think, uh, advise any young professional, any kid, my own kids, mm-hmm. that they should try to be as broad as, as possible. I think, yes, it's worthwhile get the depth of a single line of expertise, but then branch out and learn other skills and other adjacent and further away in the fringes uh, expertise. I don't know why people always pick on accountants and oh, I don't know yeah. whether I should be offended or not as yes. someone who holds an accounting degree. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's the only reason I picked it because you're an accountant, Julie. It, it's, it's, it's always such a strange thing. But yeah, yeah. Julius, I want to pick your brain about yeah. just where we sit in 2024, right? Mm. What are your thoughts around what's happening in South Africa? We're going yeah. into elections. We've just heard inflation's coming down. Consumers are stretched left, yeah, right, and center. Yeah, Business yeah. must be crazy on the insurance side with people mm-hmm. either canceling policies yeah, or the floods having increased your claims and those sorts mm-hmm. of things. Mm-hmm. What are your thoughts around just 2024 for yeah, South Africa? Yeah, Jimmy, funny enough, I was having this discussion with a colleague of mine, and I think if... A, well, firstly, South Africa doesn't exist in its own little bubble. It exists in this global environment, and quite a lot is happening around the world. Economies are suffering, the wars are breaking out, diseases are becoming a real thing, so we don't exist outside of that. We actually exist within this thing. And just reflecting on it, taking a step back, I think our parents' generation and before were largely influenced or the thing that really impacted their lives was an advancement in technology. Mm. Uh, yes, that's still happening now and huge advances around AI, mechatronics, it's like serious things are happening. But I think for 2024 and going forward, I see this decade and the next, the big question globally we need to answer, and maybe especially for South Africa to your point, is who are we? Mm-hmm. Right, We came out of 1994, things happened rather quick, a lot was promised, things didn't work out. You know, so we're sitting in this thing where a large part of our population is disgruntled. I think the next phase of growth is truly finding out who are we as South Africans? What is our identity? What is our humanity? Because I think that will inform the next sort of trajectory for South Africa. That being, if we center ourselves, to use a suitcase word, around Ubuntu, just being a good person. You know, and let that inform the decisions that we make, whether they be around technology, electricity, economics, um, you know, just good really grounding ourselves on what is our identity. Mm-hmm. Um, so I really think that's what I'm hoping for South Africa in 2024. But I see that being a journey over like a half a decade to a decade that we need to answer that question. If we don't answer that, I think we'll be stuck in this rut. Journey of a thousand miles begins with the first step, and that first step is the 2024 elections. We'll leave it at that, Julius. Thanks. Cheers. Thanks for coming through. That's Julius Sukuza, who is the Chief Executive Officer of AO Intermediaries in South Africa, joining me on the Executive Lounge this week. You've been listening to another MoneyWeb SAFM Market Update podcast, uploaded weekdays at 7 p.m. For more MoneyWeb podcasts, go to moneyweb.co.za or the app and follow MoneyWeb News for daily updates.